Peak Oil bei Christian Kerschner Colin Campbell und Aleklet Kiel developed the concept of peak oil when they founded ASPO, the Association for the Study of Peak Oil, in 2002. All too often, observers misinterpret peak oil as the depletion or running out of oil and therefore often equate the term to the biophysical resource limits debates of the 1970s and 1980s. That debate missed the fact that non-renewable resources are not only limited in stock, the economically extractable physical quantity of deposits, but, like renewables, also in flow. Hence, the concept can be equally applied to renewable resources, which has already happened in the literature, peak water, peak fertile land, etc. A resource flow is the physical amount that can be extracted per unit of time, usually days, given external constraints, which may be geologic, economic, environmental or social. The peak can therefore be defined as the maximum possible flow rate of a resource, production and consumption, given external constraints. According to peak oil literature, this rate is about 85 million barrels per day, in the case of oil. Peaks are the crucial moment in terms of resource scarcities and their resulting impact on society. In, in contrast, the often quoted time left until resource depletion, calculated by dividing the estimated remaining resource by current yearly consumption flows, is highly misleading. British Petroleum, for example, estimates these numbers to be about 40 years for oil, 60 for gas and 120 for coal. Such numbers create the wrong impression that the remaining time for action to respond to resource limitations is still far off. Hence, the first key message of peak oil is that su supply constraints are much closer in time than is commonly assumed. When this will happen is the subject of the below-ground peak oil literature dominated by geologists whose main concern is with the quantity dimension of the phenomenon, possible flow rates and recoverable stocks. Petroleum geologist King Hubbard developed a curve-fitting methodology that mirrors production and discovery trends in order to show ultimate crude oil production. He almost exactly predicted peak oil for the US. Hubbard predicted a 1971 peak, the real peak happened in fall 1970, and estimated a world peak of oil production for the year 2000. Campbell and Lahare 1998 updated Hubbard's work. They placed the peak at 2006. This prediction was further refined for ASPO's first press release in 2002, which predicted 2010 for a peak at a flow rate of 85 million barrels per day. For now, this estimate appears to hold as production has currently plotted at about that level. The most extensive meta-analysis of below-ground peak oil studies so far concluded that a production peak of conventional oil for geological reasons was likely before 2030, with a significant risk for this to occur before 2020. The URR, Ultimately Recoverable Resource, focuses debate regarding the timing of peak oil. This is the estimated total amount, historic and future, of a given resource ever to be produced. ASPO uses 1,900 gigabarrels of conventional and 525 gigabarrels of unconventional oil 
deep sea heavy oils, tar sands, shale oil and gas, oil shale and polar oil for its calculations. Given total historic consumption of oil to date of around 1,160 1, gigabarrels, this means we are about halfway through the resource. URR estimates of those denying an imminent peak of world oil production are much higher. The IEA, International Energy Agency, produces its forecast on the basis of 1,300 gigabarrels for conventional and 2,700 gigabarrels for unconventional oil. Recent advances in fracking technology for extracting shale oil and gas have given new fuel to such optimistic outlooks. However, a significant part of the IEA figures relies on yet-to-be-found oil without, starting, without stating where this oil could possibly be located and according to many analyses, the shale hype is a bubble that is to burst at any moment. When URR numbers are discussed, peak oil deniers often omit reference to the possible flow rate of the deposit in question, which is the determining variable of this matter. Sorrell, Miller et al. found that given the current trend in decline rates of existing oil fields, 4% annually, the world would have to discover daily production capacities equal to that of Saudi Arabia every three years in order to keep up with current demand. Saudi Arabia holds approximately 264.2 gigabarrels, which is why Canadian tar sands with 170.4 gigabarrels are often seen as a possible successor. However, Saudi oil fields release about 10.85 million barrels per day onto world markets, while Alberton tar sands struggle to increase its current production level of 1.32 million barrels per day. Apart from ge geology, the possible oil flow rate is determined by many other constraints. For example, many oil producing countries have, s have substantially decreased exports due to increases in often subsidized domestic demand. Geopolitics could be another such constraint. Most importantly, however, the quality dimension of peak oil, which belongs to the above-ground peak oil literature, may determine flow rates. The second key peak oil message is that the phenomenon will prove significantly harmful to the present socio-economic system. This is mainly due to the fact that higher quality oil has been extracted first, best first principle. Lower quality oil not only translates directly into greater economic costs per unit of resource obtained, but into social and environmental costs as well. We can distinguish the quality of the resource itself and the quality of the location. In resource terms, we are now more and more dependent on heavy oils, for example tar sands, or oil with high levels of contaminants, mostly sulfur. In location terms, we are increasingly faced with difficult geological, ge geopolitical and geographic conditions. What we face is an expansion of oil's commodity frontiers. These increasing exploration Extraction and production costs inevitably reduce our energy return on investment, EROI, which has already been decreasing for most energy resources over the year. The EROI is the net energy remaining after subtracting the amount necessary to explore, extract and refine an energy resource. In the 1970s, this used to be about 30 to 1 for domestic oil in the US. 
In 2005, it was already down to about half that. In comparison, Tarsens are situated between 2 and 4 to 1. It's still too early to know exactly the EROI for shale, oil and gas produced with hydraulic fracturing, in brackets fracking. Experts already point to the fact that shale wells are very expensive and tend to peak fast, not to mention its seismic and environmental impacts. Most renewable forms of energy also have very low EROIs, except for hydropower. According to energy analysts, the change in the quality of our main energy resource is bound to have significant consequences for economies. Adherents of the all theory even predict an imminent societal collapse. Some argue that the economic crisis of 2008 was due mainly to high oil prices caused by scarcities and that peak oil is in fact behind the current global economic crisis. Orthodox economists, on the other hand, continue to deny any such relation, as they believe that with help of technological innovation and res any resource can be substituted. One problem with this belief is that, apart from the lower EROIs of most substitutes, the same dynamics described previously for oil are evident in other resources. Ever low, lower ore grades drive up the prices of minerals and metals some of which are desperately needed for renewable energy technology, in particular the so-called rare earth minerals. In other words, resource peaks highlight the fact that human society has reached important biophysical limitations. Economic degrowth, from this perspective, is no longer an option, but a reality. The challenge for the degrowth movement is to help develop a path toward a post-carbon society that is socially sustainable. Some energy analysts argue that such a managed or prosperous descent is not possible because the economic system is too complex and specialized and thus very hard to change smoothly. To them, tweaking the wheels is likely to cause more harm than good. For this reason, it is important to study economic vulnerabilities to peak oil in order to design adaption policies carefully. A first starting point would be the voluntary advancement of biophysical limits via resource caps in order to reduce the decline curve and give more time for adaptation. However, the goal of the degrowth movement should not only be the survive peak oil with the least social cost, but to use this crisis to stimulate the creation of a more equitable and sustainable world that questions the current modes of social economic organization and a civilization based on the careless over-exploitation of non-renewable resources.